everyone. Welcome to Seeking What They Sought After Dark. It's 9 p.m. Sean's grumpy. He wants to go to bed. We're starting an hour late. Um, <laughs> he's got to teach in the morning. And my goal, my sole goal out of all of this is to keep him here until 11 p.m. So we're here because uh, uh, the illustrious Ted Wilson. Um, pre- <laughs> I love that. I don't know why. I don't know Such why I'm laughing word. at that. Um uh, Ted Wilson, the president of the General Conference, uh, preached a sermon at, at what is called annual councils. This was a week ago at the time of recording um, here in 2023, uh, October of 2023. So a week ago. And uh, he preached a sermon where he detailed 16 different points that were potentially, uh, how did he phrase it again? He phrased it as threatening to the church. Yeah. Potential threats to the church as perceived by him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so potential threats to the church, sixteen points. He's uh, just he's just what seventy nine short of Martin Luther, right? Um, and uh, that was a that was a sorry that was a deep cut theological history joke. Thanks, Eric. Nice. We have sound we effects, you. by the way. We do. Eric, yeah, thanks, Eric thanks, that out, thanks so. to our patrons on Patreon. And uh, if you'd like to hear more sound effects, Drew. join us. Hi, on... welcome to Chili's. <laughs> Drew, that's what your money gets you. <laughs> that's what your money gets you right off. now. <laughs> so if you want more of those, then sign up on our Patreon website. This is where we're at at, at 9 p.m. Um, so all of us are, are parents, except for Anthony. Um, Anthony's a cat parent, but that doesn't dad. count. Um, it counts and like so this is, we're already, 10%. We're past our bedtime is where we're True. at. Okay, so we're, we're here because so 16 points um, that Ted Wilson brought up. Uh, they varied from lack of understanding of the Bible um, to misunderstanding about human sexuality to uh, the lack of enthusiasm for personal and public evangelism. Um, There's a bunch of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. We're going to just sit with it because where I found it was Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I... Found it on Twitter because I was just scrolling, and all of a sudden I see a bunch of uh, comments from Ted Wilson. I was shocked I even followed him. I just like I didn't even know that I followed church leaders on here. But here we go. So Ted Wilson, and then it was like being tweeted out, but not even like well. The threads were like mixed up and confusing. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, what's happening? Found out. Um, was 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 reading through it all. And then the kicker for me was that at one point in the sermon, Ted Wilson said, "If you cannot." get behind if you cannot uh get behind scripture pretty much or if you do not believe that this book is the foundation then um you need to leave resign he said resign yeah Yeah. please resign yeah please resign i'm i am misquoting he said it slightly differently than that and um and if you want to listen to it you can hear that i'll try and find the direct quote but that was the kicker for me i saw that i was like oh dang okay so that's where we're at he said and then he said i I actually have the quote okay go for it he said I am not calling for a purge. I want leaders who believe 100% in the full word of God. If you as a leader mm-hmm. cannot accept the word of God as it reads, I urge you to resign your position. And right there is where we just, I, I felt the breakdown of all of our foundational understandings um, just very, very viscerally because I, I noticed throughout his sermon that was the core thing he kept going back to the bible Mm -hmm. as it reads the Mm -hmm. bible reads and it reads clearly it reads simply Mm -hmm. uh to to some degree at least that's the connotation that seems to come across um i don't want to put words in his mouth but but how it how it comes across uh the bible is is clear and if you're reading it differently than that then you are outside of of a biblical 
uh, uh, what's the right word, interpretation or, or yeah. biblical worldview, which was really interesting because um, the only thing that I felt from that was it's not that the Bible is clear, it's that your interpretation of it is clear to you. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, if you cannot get on board with that clear idea of what it ought to be, then, you know. So that was that was the kind of the thing that I took away from that. And we've talked with Ted, mm-hmm. and it was a good conversation. I would prefer to it have was. more conversations with him. But um, that's kind of the core frustration, I think, as I look at that and I'm like, wow, our our heart on Scripture is sort of similar, mm-hmm. but there's no room for interpretation outside of your interpretation on his side is what it feels like. So it's really interesting. Yeah. 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 Yes. On you go. So, and, and, and this even backs us up to when we started this podcast, it wasn't the goal to talk about these types of things, but they, they come up. we, Mm -hmm. We reflect on these types of moments. In fact, it was five years ago, basically to the day that we started this podcast which is kind of hard to believe. It's been five yeah, that's, years. That's nuts. Um, and our first episode was named Trouble at the Top, which was reflecting on the, the annual yep. council session uh, by the GC back in 2018. Mm-hmm. And we kind of reflected on you know, some of the challenges then. And, and some of that is just a, a mirror. It, it, like it's, a, it's just like the exact yeah. same issue, essentially, a big picture of how things come across, how things are worded from our leadership. And... Um, so, yeah. you know, this is the problem is it seems like this type of rhetoric, the, the things that are being said, it divides. And, and I know that the intention is to try to clarify. It's the desire to unify the church. It's, to, it's, mm-hmm. it's trying to make clear what uh, God's intention is, right? Um, and, and we'd all agree, like we talked about after, after reflecting on our conversation with Ted, is we feel like the heart is genuine there. The, the heart is in a place of, of trying to steer the church in the right direction. Um, but, but again, it just seems like there's, well, and maybe this gets into the opinion zone part of, you know, there's gotta be a better way to approach this that allows for, um, us to work together as a church instead of just, it it comes across as we are being spoken to instead of having a discussion together. Um, and talking, saying. it's like a talking down to, you know, and it's like, why is it necessary to say like, hey, if you don't have a clear understanding of the way the Bible, you know, if you don't agree with what the Bible says, then you need to resign. Um, like, again, who is Ted's audience there? You know, yeah. again, it, spe- it feels like you're speaking to a child there um, instead of people that have spent years in ministry, in schools, um, you know, it's it's not like there's just a bunch of pastors that are totally going, you know, renegade, just running around, just speaking nonsense mm-hmm. um, that had no training at all, theological training or a sense of desire to bring people to God. You know, it, it, it just like if you feel like you need to say that, you know, what what is justifying that strong rhetoric? Yeah, Sean, you know? I, feel, I feel like that. That's a really good point. It, it almost, it's a little insulting almost because it, it sort of suggests like there aren't valid, there aren't other valid perspectives that haven't been, that haven't come as a result of just like willy nilly, you know, like pastors and theologians and thinkers, like just willy nilly wanting to do whatever they want, you know, and just like trying to be heretics. <laughs> but that 
it sort of dismisses the idea that there are valid other perspectives that people have arrived to after considerable biblical sitting with the text, asking like, man, what does this say? What are, you know? Yeah. And it's just a losing yeah. battle. It's a losing battle because at what, to what end is he going to die on that hill mm-hmm. that the Bible is clear and, and, you know, um, this idea that we we take the Bible as it reads and it's 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 you just know it just that, it's just a slip like it goes to the, such a place it is of yeah. like who are you telling to resign are you saying the people that disagree with you on women's ordination should resign uh, right. are you talking about the you know what at what level are we drawing the line versus like okay this is a reason to resign versus this is a small issue this that phrase I'm reading verbatim from from Twitter here. Mm-hmm. If you as a leader cannot accept the word of God as it reads, is such a wild line <laughs> because yeah. it's like as as it reads, like what what right. does that mean? Well, it, because that's, I mean, it, that's not really what that's yeah, what Adventists do, right? We don't just take the Bible like no, not at all without no. context. No, in fact, no, we, and, so and, and it is confusing to me because I'm like, I can't believe that he actually. I'm talking with him that you just straight up take the Bible as it reads. Yeah. And there's, I think there's a simplicity that we all want and desire for in like sort of concrete black and white definitions Mm -hmm. that I I genuinely wish was more of a thing in the world. I think growing up as a kid, you're like, yeah, things are just this way or that way. And then you get older and you're like, well, (laughs) unfortunately they're not. Um, And, and so it's really interesting because when you're, when you're in a bubble, you can say the Bible clearly reads this way, but you're 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 just totally undermining the fact that you have so many influences from the people around you, from your upbringing, from mm-hmm. the literature and the theologians and the arguments and the way those arguments are made from other people. Like just the sheer amount of, and then just the time that you're born in, the amount of information you have, mm-hmm. like it's just insane how much extra stuff goes into you reading the Bible. And that's not to say that we can't read the Bible as faithfully as as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. It just means that there's way more that goes into it than just as it reads. Like that's that's a wild line to say. And when you say that, without the seeming self-awareness to understand that when you say the Bible as it reads is really you saying the Bible as we read it yeah. or I read it or this specific group of people read it, then you have to resign your position. It's like, what does that, to, yeah, to what degree? I'm yeah. sure there's things that he would say, well, you can read that differently and that's fine. <clears throat> but obviously it's like, it's these points, it's these things that he's laying out, that these are the things, if you read the Bible differently than than me, yeah, then then you should resign. That's, a, that's just, it's just wild to me. It feels like incredibly, it feels incredibly um, not not self-aware. Of what you're saying, yeah, it's, it's it, just it's insane. It, it almost it seems to go it's run counter to the principles of higher education. Like having just come from the seminary, one of the first things that we read in, uh, you know, like the first philosophy class that they have us take at the theological seminary, it's we read history of Western philosophy by Bertrand Russell. It's like a seminal work on philosophy, and he talks well, about that's where you went wrong. You started reading philosophy, <laughs> so. Gosh, I'm only reading what the don't trust the word you're similar. saying. Well, <laughs> right. obviously they don't read the Bible as it as it reads. As it reads, so exactly. They have to bring philosophy into Amen, it. Amen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, so this is Adventist Theological Seminary. I'm taking history of Western philosophy, and one of the first things that Russell says in the textbook, which I love, is 
on the pursuit of truth, the first step, is, and I'm paraphrasing, one, the, one of the first steps is to understand the opposing person's position and actually be, try to have empathy for it and try mm-hmm. to understand mm-hmm. the other person's perspective. And then once you've fully understood the other person, you can't even like argue against another perspective until you've understood it. And to mm-hmm. me, it just seems like a totally dismissing that there could even be another perspective. It, it's like this, this concept that the Bible is like simple. And if it's really what he, he kind of, what he talked about when we interviewed him and then we reacted. And I remember feeling like, how are you not, how are you under your own worldview? How are you not above your own mm-hmm. worldview and self-aware to the fact that culture is formative, time period is formative, even biblical interpretations are formative. The ways that we mm-hmm. approach the text, like we have to be aware of these things under the surface, these presuppositions, like. <clears throat> yeah. It gets even, it gets pretty interesting too. I mean, there's the stuff he hits on as well that's, you know, misunderstanding about human sexuality and, and, and he hits on the, on the Trinity because I know there's been sort of a, on the more traditionalist conservative spaces, there's been an anti-Trinitarian movement. Um, but the one that was the most, the second most wild to me mm-hmm. was uh, his his statement on the authority of the church. The church yeah. understands that the Holy Spirit works through structured organizations that were organized by heaven itself. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit guides leaders and church members in making decisions. When committee decisions at the worldwide level are made based on biblical and spirit of prophecy instructions, which is which is a second wild thing. Mm-hmm. Then he adds in biblical and uh, spirit of prophecy, Ellen White, uh, and guided by humble prayer, personal opinions, and convictions are laid to the side. And the uh, authority of the world church is to be respected and accepted, which is wild. It is. Because as much as I understand the heart of like, yeah, like we all decided this together. It's like, yeah, and a majority doesn't mean you're right. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. just consensus does not mean that you're correct. And that's part of the the need for, for people to have the space to challenge. It doesn't mean that you should challenge with the intention of tearing the whole thing down. It just means that you have to have the space where people can say, I actually kind of disagree with that. I mean, it kind of goes against, right. ironically, it goes against really the Adventist ethos in a lot of ways, because like in so many ways, early Adventists saw themselves as feeling like they were called to reclaim truth that had been missing and speaking a truth into the world that was against the consensus of Christianity. And, and that desire and feeling like, oh man, like, Christianity has consensus, but maybe when we look at the text, it seems like God is leading us to something new. Like that spirit and that desire of honestly searching the text to see what God is saying in order to like to lead us into present truth, regardless of what consensus is, it seems like that was such a core part of Adventism. And this feels like yeah. the opposite of that. Yeah, the, the problem is the, every, like, again, we go back to the rhetoric of all of this is whether you agree with him or not, it doesn't inspire this this idea of continuing to study scripture in a genuine open-hearted way it's more just conform to this is the way that we do things and it just kills it like we're we're all working so hard in each of our fields like whether it's preaching or teaching in all these areas and we've met so many people that have different views on right sexuality we've talked about um, with 
you know, we talked with, spoke with so many people during our, our LGBTQ series mm-hmm. and like they're, they're both, you know, desiring, you know, a connection with God, desiring the right thing for the church. And they're also weary, right? You can, you could sense a tone mm. of like, this is exhausting work. They're not doing this because they're making tons of money from it. They, they've all sacrificed a ridiculous amount to, to, f- to be open to this idea that there's a different interpretation of the text. And so when, when the leader of the church comes in and starts making these type of statements, like, hey, you should resign if you don't read it this way. And, and, and the other things we spoke about, it's just kind of deflating. It, it, that's yeah. all it does is it's just super deflating when everyone day, day in, day out, whether you're an evangelist or a missionary or whatever, area you are within the church, even just, even just a member of the church, we're all working hard to, to be a part of, you know, what God calls for us. It's kind of, if you're a leader saying that type of stuff, it's just kind of exhausting. It's like, man, what, what does this inspire me to do? It's, it's like I'm being, you know, slapped on the wrist after going in and putting, you know, putting my heart out on the table for students Mm -hmm. or, or my congregation or, or something else. And so well, Sean, if you read the Bible as it reads, then you wouldn't feel that way. <laughs> yeah, that's so. the, that's yeah, that's just the sad part is is this comes from a perspective. It feels like his worldview, and I'm not saying he does, but when he says it mm-hmm. like this, it comes from a perspective that he feels truly that those that align with his way of looking at scripture and everything are the only ones genuinely seeking a relationship with God and have the right. spirit moving through them and have mm-hmm. genuinely tried to understand what the Bible says and have yeah, God's yeah. love in their hearts. And everyone else is just a distraction, is the devil's tool. Mm-hmm. That's that's how it feels. Yes, It's a false Actually, dichotomy. I feel like, yeah. you, I, yeah, I feel like you, you encapsulated the, the feeling of that. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, it's a false dichotomy. It's creating a, a division where one really doesn't exist. Like both can be true. We can all be seeking, people who come to different conclusions can both equally be genuinely seeking. You, know. and you had such an opportunity to go in there and just be yeah. like seeking what they sought. You could have just thrown the, <laughs> thrown the title and you right. missed it. You're right. Ugh, disappointed. I was expecting it's... Eric to hit me with a welcome to Chili's right there. <laughs> My man! <laughs> there we go. There it is. It It is genuinely, just to go back to what you were saying, Sean, like it is genuinely <clears throat> disheartening to to come back to these moments and you're just like, I don't understand how you can be that out of touch with with people's hearts, I think. Mm. And and actually I think that's part of the problem is that that people's hearts though they can be good, they can be deceitful. That's sort of the the the, the That's what he would say. That's what you're saying. I that's the feeling I've always gotten from from Adventism and seen from the, the more traditional spaces of it mm. is that people with good intentions can lead you to hell. And yeah. you're like, yeah, but your your version of good intentions or your version of of what takes you to heaven is incredibly narrow. And it's not that Jesus is the door. It's a lot of other things. Yeah. And though Ted Wilson would say Jesus is the door, I, I completely believe that he believes that. Mm-hmm. The messaging and the way that everything is talked about is not centered around Jesus and his kindness and his goodness and his compassion and who he is for people. The, the the entire yeah. message is about how you can be be deceived from from it all in the end mm-hmm. and you can end up down a path that will you know prevent you from being in heaven and it's just like is this really the the consistent message of our church is just the the fear of being deceived because mm. like, i i feel like the fear of being deceived is 
part of being deceived. <laughs> it's like, wow. if you're so afraid of what you might be deceived by, y- you just end up farther down the road of conspiracy and who's going to be out to get you. And you have to self-protect and find purity of, of the people around you because purity is so important to it being the true remnant last day movement. Yeah. But then your version of purity is not the Matthew 25, I was naked and you clothed me. I was I was in prison and you visited me. And I it's not that the version of the end that Adventists have 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 sat with and preached. And, and what I hear out of this is that you're going to be deceived from the one true message, which is the three angels message and all of these things. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if you get deceived off of that and really like from theology, not from your heart for the world around you and your mm-hmm. heart for Jesus, out of your theology. If you get that wrong, you might not be in heaven. It's just like, I don't know if that's even really what Jesus was trying to say. Mm. I think that he he was so mm-hmm. so often harsh towards those who said, no, my theology is correct and my practice is correct and all those things. And all the other people don't get it. And then Jesus is like, no, you're the ones who don't get it. And so it's just, it's, yeah. it's in and of itself, the fear of deceit, of being deceived can get to the point where it becomes being deceived in and of itself. That's what it feels like. Yeah, it's the it's the quote that Jesus said to the Pharisees, right? Like, you search the scriptures because in them you think you find yeah, life, but the scriptures yeah. testify to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, oh man, the, what's frustrating again about this is it feels like there's so many bigger frished, fish to fry right now. Frish, frish, frish to fry. <laughs> it's, frish. This is why we should have started recording an hour and a half ago. Yeah. This is... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, then we wouldn't have yeah. that fumble. And that's, that's uh, crucial. No, like there's so many bigger problems, I feel like. And, and again, this could be my opinion. And I, I to be fair, Ted does say like, hey, this is all coming from my perspective. He says that in one of the tweets is like, this is my opinion. This is coming from my heart, what I feel is the concern. Mm-hmm. Um but but it feels like there's so many bigger issues we could be talking about in the world as a church. The challenges, right? If he's saying these are the threats to the church, there's got to be way bigger threats than the things that we're listing. And not that we can't discuss these and be concerned about human sexuality and and what we define as truth and the other 16 points that are there. It just, again, yeah. feels like he is burning bridges. And, and again, I'm I'm not trying to attack him, but it, again, for me, the way I react is it feels like you're burning bridges with people that would make amazing partners in this yeah. great commission. And it's not building up. It's not trying to to work together. It's it's not a call for unity, really, mm-hmm. uh, at all. It, it just, like I said before, it deflates. And it, like, for instance, uh, he targets love reality. Yeah. Which, um, you know, there's uh, Justin, just, who we yeah, just we spoke friends. with, and others too. Friends um, in the so he he <clears throat> talks about that as like the loss uh, or misconception. Yeah, which about, one is that? That's four. Um, that's number six. <clears throat> six. False doctrines circulating. There are misconceptions and false doctrines circulating about the salvation process. These false doctrines diminish. And, and okay, just to be clear, that is a that is a that is a two word packed statement these false doctrines yeah false doctrines is a is a heavy accusation that's not just like a that's not just like a they you know it it, it, you know you can interpret it that way however i think it diminishes this you know you're not saying it that way you're saying these are false Mm -hmm. doctrines um called love reality 
and that's the only one he calls out and then he dot, yeah. dot, dot, and other false understandings yeah. about Christ full justifying and sanctifying righteousness are derivatives of the false doctrine of once saved always saved and this it's just a very interesting I, I thing that he calls out because um even if there's and I'm not even saying that I have specific points of disagreement I'm just like even if you had specific points of disagreement mm-hmm. with with uh people like the ones that are the people that are part of love reality it's like you're not just claiming that we just sort of disagree about some yeah. of the the points here you're saying this is this is you're calling it heresy without saying that word yeah and saying it ought to be kicked out of the church shouldn't be listened to um and i'm like yeah okay but have you heard all of the stuff i heard growing up that it was never spoken out against <laughs> like all the legalism and the it's no, but, but what's interesting is that what love reality is trying to do is to preach the gospel. Right. Yeah. And you can argue with some of the finer points of, of how they talk about it or whatever, but they're trying to preach the gospel. And that's what gets called out as opposed to all of the other stuff it was, it, that I like Anthony, you and me as pastors, yeah. and I'm sure Sean, for you as a teacher, you've seen like just the sheer amount of damage that traditionalist sure. spaces have caused. I'm not saying progressive spaces don't cause damage. I'm just saying this is what we came out of. The yeah. traditionalist spaces have caused two people, and you're saying that preaching the gospel, as 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 much as you can, with is that's false doctrine. It's just wild. And, yeah. And he, it, if you look at the length of that tweet versus mm-hmm. the one he talks about anti-trinitarianism, right. which one does he go more in depth and attack a specific organization for? And and when we look at yeah. both side by side, let's say that it's actually true, which I disagree that it is a doctrine of once saved, always saved that love reality is doing. It's Same. much more nuanced than that. And and when you look at both side by side, which would you say is the bigger issue? Yeah, the bigger threat. What is a bigger doctrinal issue? Yeah. And again, that's even assuming there's this sense of one save all. Again, it's not like this group, again, if you go listen to them, they're not like trying to stir up trouble. Like you look at the people that run that, you you see a genuine heart behind what they do. So maybe you disagree with them. But again, like I said earlier, is this really calling uh, to a, a sense of unity? And I would I don't, I don't know the, if this is true or not, but my sense is that whether it's Ted or the GC, I have a hard time believing he re- reached out to them to yeah, have a discussion like he, with them. Like, hey, can we talk yeah. about some of the things you're saying? Like, we want to understand better this. We have some concerns. We've had something said. Yep. Or we, we've listened to this. And I, I personally highly doubt that's happened. But again, that's just speculation. And if that's true that they haven't had a genuine, tried a, a genuine conversation with that group in Love Reality, then this really feels wrong to me it's to not call them Matthew out and call them approach, like yeah. just false doctrine you're you're just passive aggressively throwing them under the bus when unless you have real reason for that like they're saying some really messed up stuff or really yeah. leading people out of what the gospel is like there's very little reason to do that it feels so mm-hmm. unnecessary to call out a group like that yeah it's, i it's, mean it's, it's almost to be, like to be, well, to be fair yeah, like there's there are times where you call out groups because what they're saying is is obviously not 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 good or correct. Right, right. I think what what you, what we are advocating for, and and I guess I mean if you want to be very honest, like Ted has every right to call out organizations that purport to you know be Seventh Day Adventist or be preaching within Seventh Day Adventist context, and if you disagree with him, like he's the president, he sure could, he could do it. Right. I think what I think what I'm advocating for is that th- the the potential damage that comes from what you're afraid of with them 
versus the actual damage that has come yeah. out of traditionalism is like which one do we address first if if I'm you like yeah let's go back but you but I don't think that that there's that that, that traditionalism is seen as as big of an issue in fact a lot of this stuff is fighting against the 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 potential drift from traditionalism into into more progressive spaces but but when we talk about when we talk about the 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 the, the what's being trying what what's what he's trying to communicate mm-hmm. is it's very obviously just like this this is what it is this is what it needs to be and this is the way it needs to stay for all time is it's the definition of con- conservatism this is what we need yeah. to conserve and these are the threats to conservatism and yeah. it was really telling to me that last generation theology was n- not even mentioned in that group when like love reality is a really recent movement. Like I know Jonathan Leonardo who wrote the book love reality personally. And like he, like this is, it's a really recent movement. Whereas last generation theology has been around for like decades and decades. And it's really telling that he would, that he would lead with love reality. Like, which is just like, you know, a community, a tiny community of, of people and not like, last generation theology which pervades the entire world church it's it's oh, like yeah. and the same and, the, well, and what and you said sean about like it's really odd that he, there wasn't like and again this is all assumption we're assuming when we say this but i would be willing to bet as well that there was never any reaching out like you know did he reach out to jonathan and say hey would you come in and have a conversation with us talk to us about about what you know how you see the text i, th- I think i think it it it, it bleeds out of this very real space that I've seen present through nearly every Adventist space that I've walked through that's that's more traditionalist is <laughs> that idea that, that the gospel also includes sanctification and we have to hold to that so so deeply. And for anyone who's listening and doesn't know what sanctification is, there's justification, which is being declared righteous by God, something you don't have any part to play in. God just does that because he, he can do that. Sanctification is the process of being made holy or to be made more like God. And that's a process of a lifetime is how we look at it. And so there's this fear that if we just say, well, you know, you're just saved. So then now what you do doesn't matter, right? Well, that's not right. And what we do does matter. That's, that's kind of the fear, right? But what, is the doing that ends up mattering that I just, I, I think this is so interesting because there's always this fear of like, well, sanctification will result in, in these specific things. Yeah. But if we go back to say like Matthew 25, the, the sanctification, the, the, the looking more like Jesus is not in, in what the Adventist church has traditionally described as looking like God or, or being sanctified. In Matthew and 25, by that, it's, and it's, by that you're saying like the certain specific lifestyle practices that are often associated, correct? Oh yeah, or or certain certain theological um, belief systems that would be part of being sanctified is is it's it's thrown in there. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just it's not just practices that you do or lifestyle that you that you live. It's it's you have to believe specific theology. True. What what Jesus says in the end is is the most important is again to go back it's the clothing the naked feeding the feeding the hungry yeah it's it's the it's the it's the does your does your heart end up putting you in the place that the pharisees were at or is it in the place where you go to be close to the people who have nothing and and actually do for them 
um, what Jesus said you did for him. It's like, love. That, that's it's love. That's the heart. That's the sanctification. Yeah. Like end goal. The end goal is the fruits of the spirit. That, mm-hmm. That's that's the end goal of sanctification to some to some extent. And when they when he's describing here, well, love, reality, or other movements like this diminish sanctification. It's like no, I don't think so. I just think that it's diminishing what you think sanctification is. Yeah. And then to call it heresy is just like, whoa, okay. (laughs) That's crazy. So, I don't know. That's my theological frustration. Yeah. Hi, Uh, welcome to Chili's. (laughs) There it is. It's a good palate cleanser after a heavy conversation. uh, It is. Once in a while. Yeah, yeah, I I think... For me, we need that's how we, that's how Eric the dis- that's how Eric gets a <laughs> turn to talk. Now. That's how he knows how to <laughs> so now, let Eric talk. Now Eric can interrupt whenever he wants because he has the, the power. <laughs> I have great power now. No, no, I don't have a ton to say, but I just think for me, it's it's disappointing when our leadership is so obsessed with. Stuff that is in the grand scheme of things so like unimportant, yeah. And not, 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 I mean, some of it is important, like, I, I get that, but there's like 16 points, mm-hmm. and I think maybe point 15 is somewhat about sharing the gospel, right? Yeah, a little bit. Like, it's something that's always frustrated me with Adventism, is I feel like our. Our mission as Adventists is to convert other Christians yeah. to Adventism. And we don't really care about converting people who are unsaved or like, yeah. you know, don't believe in God to, to Christianity. And it, it just like this doubles down on that like so hard where the focus is so much on preserving like what our Adventist identity is, according to yeah. Ted Wilson, and not on... Because he's he, he he claims like he's like oh it's all about the mission we need to be like mission focused, mm-hmm. but I think maybe part of it is at the end of the day what Ted Wilson's idea of mission what the mission should be and what my personal mission is are just not aligned, and mm. so maybe therein lies the conflict. And I get he's in a position where he has to like deal with the details and whatnot, but. It it is it is frustrating that for being mission focused, he is Not more looking to exclude people from the mission rather mm. than like how can we collaborate in mission. I mean, one of the points is like. Whoa, whoa, guys! We're not we're not collaborating with other Christian denominations. Like, calm right. down. That's yeah. a, that's a lie. Like, we're not gonna work with other with We're other not team Christians. players <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> don't get scared and it's then like, come it, on. it's the like pope's gonna get us you read that right. like aligned next to jesus's words prayer for unity in the book of john like that they would be one and the world would know that the, <laughs> that we are sent by you no because no, of no, their no, oneness no. anthony you're not reading it unity. as it reads you're, you're not right, reading right, it sorry. as it reads sorry it reads that they would be one in the seventh day adventist church <laughs> right can't you read that Gosh, I, 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 sorry, I wasn't reading clear word. <laughs> yes. At, at the end of the day, like I remember, you know, Tim Gillespie said, he's like, what, what Ted Wilson says and does really doesn't affect me. Like it doesn't, it doesn't need to affect 
like what we do and how we, you know, minister and live our lives. But at the same time, like it does shape how people view the church as an organization. And when the president comes out and is just like so boldly on uniting yeah. Of different viewpoints within un- the church. <laughs> I like that. Ununiting. Divisive. It's just like it's, it's Eric's ready for divisive. Too. You know. Divisive is, it is true. It's not helpful. No. It's yeah. not helpful. It's bad leadership. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. And, and I think that's the core of why talking about it even makes sense to me. Because it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, and I want to say this to anybody who's listening who is also frustrated by these things, it's like if 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 you're going to let Ted Wilson define what Adventism is for you, then sorry, like you're never going to belong in it. If if you if you hold any of the the feelings that we feel um, here, like similar to, to us in this space, but he doesn't ultimately define that. He's trying to, and he has every right to try. But at the same time, there is like what what would be good leadership in this versus versus bad leadership. Mm-hmm. And I think that what we're seeing is is not great leadership. And yeah. I say that with respect for for someone in his position trying to lead. I mean, like it's gotta be one of the hardest things that you could do to try and lead the vast, <laughs> vast array of people um that are that are all over the place um to 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 some sort of unity. But it's also like you could be doing it better. And yeah. I think I think we have every right to say it, um, not to try and tear him down, but to hope, like to hope that there would be instead of a sixteen point sermon about what you're afraid of, like a sixteen point sermon about the beauty of the church at large, mm-hmm. and and like what what would be better than a a sermon where he could swallow his pride and say things like Loma Linda University and the people there, um, they are they're good people, you know, like yeah. You could say it. You could just say it, or and you could say that the the yeah. the, the person who's who's uh, who's um, anti-trinitarian, they have they have a heart that wants to know God better, right? Mm-hmm. I disagree with you, and I disagree with you in a way that I don't think that we're ever going to reconcile. But like at least you're at least you're, you have a heart for it. It's like you could try that, or or right? at, and I'm not. Uh, I feel like at the least, at the least, you wish that he would be invitational. Yeah. Like, hey, if you disagree, yeah. if you see it differently, here are here's here's my plan to have us come together and study together and like try and see what we mm-hmm. can. Like, there's no, it's not invitational. It's not like I actually had a, a, a kind of a microcosm of this that happened this week. A, a church member came up to me and said that she disagreed with me about something. And to me, I feel like as a leader, as a pastor, I have options. My option can be, well, you're wrong. The way I read it, the Bible reads this way. So I'm right. You're wrong. Either you come into alignment with how I see the text or you can leave the church. That could have been my response. But instead, I I feel like for me, I always want to like lean in. I want to be invitational as a pastor. I want to be like, well, you see it differently. Interesting. Like, let's, let's get lunch. Like, let's sit down. Like, let's, let's open the words and study together and pray. And the spirit will lead like, can we be invitational? And you kind of, I kind of wish, I think maybe that's a disappointment for me. You kind of wish the president mm-hmm. of the church yeah. would be invitational the, in that way. The, the challenges were structurally set up for this to happen because 
what what he would say in response is, oh, we have studied this together. This isn't just my words. Yeah. We've like, for instance, women's ordination. We've studied this, and we had the general conference in session and voted that this is what we're going to do as a church. The problem is, we take that mm-hmm. or other issues, and this has happened for decades, way before Ted Wilson. Um, is is the idea that the people that are studying it or the the spirit behind the the group coming together to question and wrestle. There's already an underlying sense of like, well, we're doing this, but it's a formality. It's not really to wrestle and and, and create mm-hmm. an atmosphere of of an open dialogue on on this issue. And so it's it's more a, just a political cover for, well, yes, we've discussed this, we voted on it, and that's it. It's final mm-hmm. um, because we've already done it. And 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 the so, the fight so back will, and the fight back will yeah. be like, well, if we keep coming back to these issues, we're just wasting time. You know, that's that's Ted's mm-hmm. approach with women's ordination specifically is like you know, we're not going to keep going back to this, right? There's no more discussion. We voted on this multiple times. End of story. We don't need to, the spirit has spoken in our church, so we don't need to address this anymore. And it, and it you know, is supposed to stop everything when it comes mm-hmm. to that issue. We're just supposed to fall in line from there. But again, this is the huge bummer of the points that he makes is that they they just feel like they get caught in the weeds of these little pieces. And, and let's even say, let's say that there's some of these that maybe Ted is spot on with, maybe things that we don't see yet. But the problem is this does not call me to try to understand his point of view. And maybe there's something I don't understand yet that he can can share with me scripturally about yeah. some of these these threat threats to the church but the way that he approaches this is does like you said Anthony it's not invitational to to discuss mm-hmm. it's this is the way it is and if we're if we're trying to bring new people into church like what if Jesus operated that way when it came to following him with the disciples like the disciples know what they were signing up for Right. When, when they were following him, I don't even think they knew three years into spending time with Jesus fully understood what True. it meant to follow Jesus. And yet mm-hmm. he, they're still with him. He still yeah. loves them. He's still inviting them to, to follow him. And, and so how does, how does this reflect that? How does, how does this rhetoric, how do these things reflect the bigger issues that Jesus was concerned about? And what maybe mm-hmm. our church should be concerned about. It, it seems like it's just a bunch of little things where there's, mm-hmm. if we really have disunity and that's the threat to the church, then there's got to be a deeper root cause of that than these yeah. 16 points that he's made. <laughs> hmm. And it might be, it just might be that there's genuine issues that are trying to be addressed. Yeah. Right. Like and, it's, and you know, genuine it's, people trying to address them. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I feel like I will say though, yeah, you go. No, go for it, go for it, go for it. Well, I was going to kind of move in a different direction because I, I, one source of dissonance for me, like deep dissonance is where, you know, he says in number 10, um, they, you know, the Holy Spirit works through structured organizations that were organized by heaven itself, which is already a scary, like papal <laughs> kind of statement. Um, but then Eric, but, so by the way, if you go yeah. on our Instagram, you're going to see, <laughs> don't, a post don't that, go on our Instagram. It's a trap. That Eric, <laughs> that Eric Edstrom definitely built memes for uh, that are, that fantastic. directly address this. It's great. So it's, it's really, props, you just outed Eric. So now he's not going to have a future in the church. <laughs> I yeah. literally said Eric Edstrom because I wanted to, I wanted to blacklist him forever. My yeah. man. <laughs> the little Debbie inquisitors are going to come for him. Uh, Right, that so that sounds terrifying. <laughs> they they have heads like oatmeal cream bias. Guys, there's noise in the driveway. <laughs> they use Swiss rolls as battering rams. 
<laughs> so good. Both of which are fantastic and delicious. In fact, I just had a Swiss roll. Anyway, back to number 10. So he says, you know, the Holy Spirit works through structured organizations or organized by heaven itself. But then in 12, he talks about, uh, sorry, no, 11, he talks about misunderstandings of the spirit of prophecy. And he reminds us, Ellen, the, the writings of Ellen White were given by God to lead his remnant church in all areas of life, pointing us back to Christ. But then there becomes a space of dissonance when he says, you know, like, General Conference in session is like the voice of the Holy Spirit in the world, but then he disregards Ellen White's statements multiple times where she says, like, Manuscripts Releases 17, page 216. This is the year 1898. She says, It has been some years since I have considered the General Conference as the voice of God. Oh, <laughs> or then, in, 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 in general... In General Conference Bulletin, April 13, oh, 1901, she's, page 25, she says that these men should stand in a sacred place to be as the voice of God to the people. She's talking about other people, not the General oh, Conference. Oh, my goodness. She says, as we once believed the General Conference to be, that is past. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> so it's real weird to me. There's like some weird dissonance when she, like, he's like trying to affirm both. And it's like, do we not know the history here? Like what Ellen White like clearly said. Yeah. They right. basically exiled her to Australia. I mean, they were done with her. Right. And uh, also, just to be clear, like she's a woman, so she can't actually. <laughs> she speak wasn't ordained in the so, church. Yeah, so right. yeah, exactly. So, just to be clear. <laughs> Do women play baseball? There's the final. Oh no, that's the closing to the episode. Oh, man. Anthony, you're going to get canceled yeah, for yeah. that question. Here's the None thing. the rest of what we said. Let me, let me rephrase that question. The question was, this is my real question. <laughs> See, do that, that part's going to get quoted. My real question was, do That's men's going in the Instagram and, reels. Do men's and women's baseball teams on the national level play together? That was really what I was asking. <laughs> do they, Sean? That's, not, that was, that's how you're saving yourself. Uh, no, I that's really what I meant. No, anything I respond to will get me in trouble. So, <laughs> I'm doomed. That one's that one's a so, lost cause. Just, <laughs> I can't come to, back. Just to come back from this. <sighs> By the way, if anyone didn't know, a lot of our humor is saying absurd things. Absolutely, it's it's funny because it's absurd. So just for my mom, <laughs> yeah, so, who won't understand what just happened. Um, the I'm gonna she go tells down me, in, Sean, Yeah. I just want to be clear, Sean. My mom tells me that I'm too mean to you, and that you are. Yeah. So I just want you. I just want you to know that you're, you're incredibly mean. Yeah. I don't so appreciate it. It's, to, it's a threat to the church. Your your my mom, your tone. Dude, that my mom been, loves you more than me at this point. It should have been, been one of Ted's, uh, Ted's tweets. His number seventeen. Jesse's just mean to Sean. <laughs> and there's a pastor named Jesse Churchill. He is. <laughs> that would be. You know, I would probably repent I, at that point. That's such a direct call that I'd probably have to repent. He knows the, us personally now, so he could have said it. Yeah, it's true. That's the true. Um, the the reality about um, Ellen White is so funny because it's like just this this person who is who is made into maybe a lot that she sh- she ought not to have been made yeah. into. But then what's funny is then the very people that will make her into what she ought not to have been made into. Um, are being called out by her in yeah. that in that process. So it's like it's just a it's it's a I don't I don't know what the right word is. It's, I want to say catch twenty two, but that's the wrong phrase. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a thing. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. So but I will say, I have to say this. Um I do agree with some of what Ted Wilson specifically there's Which one? This, 
Well, there's one thing that Ted Wilson said. Um, this is either going to be really out, meaningful or this is going to be trash. <laughs> I, I can't let tell her which one. breasts no, I, satisfy I you <laughs> at all times. That's the one he's that, Eric, I was just going to give everybody. <laughs> Oh yes. my word! Just to, so just to be clear, <laughs> just to give some context. Okay, hold on. We have to give some context. Just opened Pandora's. <laughs> yeah. You can't do that. This is why Eric can't be trusted with that you button. Can't. So, so, so Ted Wilson, two days ago, as of today, um, so this would have been October 13. So on the seventh day, I have in his church YouTube page. It's the the YouTube video title is a taking a bold stand on human sexuality, a special message from Pastor Ted Wilson, and he um, he's obviously saying some stuff that's uh, that we've we've talked about in in the in this series on the queer community. But but uh, he just reads from Proverbs chapter what is it Proverbs chapter five. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and he just reads it verbatim and it's incredible so if you want to uh timestamp 349 it's, to 352 it's worth a I, just as a as a as a as a husband i wholeheartedly agree with the scriptures with are, ted wilson are good counsel yeah so yep thanks eric thanks eric <laughs> hi welcome to chili's <laughs> all right we're back. We're back. To be fair, we tried to f- close this with something constructive. We tried. And it, it just it didn't happen. It just continued it's, to de- devolve. We've been friends since we were in high school. Or a little before. Yeah. Because I met Sean and, summer of eighth grade. I'm sorry. That's not true. That's a and, lie. No, Sean, at camp. That's a bald-faced lie. At camp. No, not at all. Summer after eighth grade. I met you and Jordan no. Liddy at camp. See, I, see, I don't care. Thinking. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so we tried to bring it back to something um, that was constructive. I think really all I have to say on the back end of this is, um, <laughs> you paused. <laughs> well, obviously, I was thinking of going somewhere. Obviously, like, obviously. Every- uh, <laughs> Every path I started to go down, I hit a point. Was like, oh no, can't say that. So I just I, that's what the silence extended. So yeah, <sighs> that's how we're here. To to be to to at least try. I I do think that we as people can get way too far into what Ted Wilson or what the GC says uh, has a lot of weight, <clears throat> and yeah. I think that there's a distinction between feeling the weight of this is just bad leadership and also just sitting there and realizing at my local level, like I have the ability to define what this looks like here. And so I I think we're going to feel that emotional weight, but at the same time, if you, if you let that be the defining factor for you about Adventism, like you're not, you're not bad or wrong or morally like I'm morally wrong for doing that. I just think that like you don't have to, mm-hmm. and there's there is there are, there is space where you don't have to be privy to everything that that the GC says. You can actually like make a difference and an impact at your local your local level. So yeah, I, I feel as if I have <laughs> I've come to begin thinking it in a similar way to living in the United States. For those who do, like the United States was founded on a certain set of principles 
organize organizational principles and sort of intellectual principles about like what it means to be people, what it means to have certain rights that are unalienable. Um, and sometimes like presidents come and go and they do a good job of upholding those ideals and like leaning into those ideals and even furthering those ideals than the original authors wrote. But then some others come along who don't. And to me, you want to name drop? You want to tell us who we're going to right now? We're going to not. President, to your list. <laughs> I live in Texas, brother. Get the anyway. tier list maker. <laughs> so I, um, and I feel like to me, I've begun to see the, I've begun to see the church like that. Like we can still fight for the things that make Adventism so beautiful and so rich, like our commitment to like a character of God that is so much more loving than many that we see. Like so many, like all of the richness that comes with, with Adventism and like lean into those principles. We can seek what they sought. There it is for you, Jesse. Okay, thank um, you. There it is. And, um, <laughs> and I feel like we can pursue that So stupid. and that there are, and I feel like, again, just to reiterate what you said, Jesse, like there are spaces that exist that are pursuing healthy visions of Adventism. They actually do exist. Yeah. And so, yeah. What is our version, if you're going to com- compare Adventism and um, America, mm-hmm. what is our version of like just burgers and <laughs> fireworks? Like what's the Adventist version of burgers oh, and fireworks? Oh, Big Franks. Absolutely. It's Big, Big Franks. Big Franks, but then like... Hmm. Sean? Probably like the Heritage Singers coming to town. Like that's probably like the fireworks. That's fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't feel right. Or like Sandy Patty, but she gave everyone COVID when she came to Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real fact. Is Sandy Patty even Adventist? No, she's not. That's a good point. No. But I just know too many Adventists who love. <clears throat> wild, wild thing happened here at Loma Linda. Sandy Patty came to do a. She gave a, you guys uh, COVID too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but apparently she's. Apparently, it's not a good thing when she shows up. Uh, she came and there was this guy who was like doing fun fundraising in between, like you know, like they do a break and do fundraising. Mm-hmm. Apparently, someone texted like our admins and was like, "This guy's been fired by the Adventist Church like four times." What? Like, like this guy? Like this guy? What? This guy's not good. Like this is not good news. Like what is this guy what? doing up here? So just yeah. So uh, probably everyone's money is gone. Just want to yeah. Oh no! I don't actually know that. I, I don't actually know that. Sorry, sorry. I could very quickly get people is, in trouble. I don't actually know that. This is a great way to close off the episode. <laughs> yeah. How is this beneficial? Sorry. In the background, sorry. the background, my wife is just texting me. It's time to go home. So you know, yeah. just this is what are we doing here? Um, uh, well, I I think that we were trying to wrap up what's so good about Adventism. So, Sandy Patty, big Franks. <laughs> maybe Sandy Patty should show up to your church. <laughs> right. That's the takeaway. That's, that's the that takeaway. is that's the really, message. I feel like that's that's really where we've settled. That's a wrap. Well, I'm glad we can help our listeners make sense of the 16 points that uh, Elder Wilson shared. Thank you guys for listening. We do these episodes. They're super fun and we have a fun time. But really, <clears throat> our heart is that we we do these episodes and we put the work in because we actually like love the church and we, we care about people in it. So just feel like it had to be said at least once. So thank you guys for sticking with us. Yeah. Good one, Anthony. <laughs> Oh, you had me you had me there for a second. <laughs>
Well, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Seeking What They Sought. Before we rush to a close, wanted to just pause and say thank you. We are really, really grateful for you all, not only for listening, but for all the conversations that we've been having recently uh, from emails and messages, DMs, uh, text messages you've sent us if you know us. Uh, we are just really, really grateful for those conversations. They're the reason we did this podcast and uh, we're just really, really uh, grateful for you all. So please, if you haven't, if you have thoughts and you haven't reached out, uh, please uh, send us an email um, or send us uh, just a DM on Instagram or, uh, or you know, drop a comment on one of the one of the posts we would love to have conversations and uh, hear what you think now if you didn't know we actually have a patreon there are some fun cool perks that you get for signing up it's going a long way to, to help us make more content like this uh, for you guys and we we really appreciate it so if you want to support us you can hit up the patreon there's a link in our our, our bio on instagram and uh, we would be really really grateful well i think that's just about it so we will see you guys next time on seeking what they saw